Hey, welcome to Outdoor Man. This episode is with Matt Roberts, who is an ex-soldier, multiple winner of Spartan races, um, fitness and nutrition coach. I'm really not giving him much um, uh, credit there. I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, and he's actually an all-round good guy. So I went over to Primal Fitness HQ, and his office is properly like an room and had the strangest of coffees with him, and actually had a good chat about what he's up to. I say he's up to his fitness and nutrition stuff. Uh, he's put a lot of time and effort into understanding what, what, why's, who's, and how's. So take a look. You can find Matt on Facebook or Instagram at, at PF Matt Roberts, um, or you can contact me. He's, I think his Facebook page is Primal Fitness, um, or contact me via, the, via this, and I'll do the details thing one way or the other. Um, so yeah. Here we go, uh, episode Primal Fitness. How did you end up going from the army to doing this? Because <laughs> it's a big well, change. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a big sort of contrast, um, especially the realm that I'm sort of in and, and what sort of primal is as well. It's like the polar opposite because <laughs> the military is very full on, no pain, no gain mentality yeah. and to a certain extent with the fitness. That we do here it, it can be that sort of element of it where you're, where you're pushing yourself but what the army lacks is that rest recovery recuper- recuperation yeah, and not uh, to rest that's, that's, that's a good day off <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so it's it's filling in the gaps bridging the gaps there so that it's everything it's a very sort of holistic approach um so yeah how did we get into it um probably about three and a half four years ago um, I just had a complete mindset shift with the army, so um, I actually started looking into personal training, and I think this was purely because of a few struggles of my own. So my own fitness wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. Like I was always fit, always robust, always met the criteria and, and whatever else. But like in terms of my body composition and the way I felt, it was kind of lacking a little bit. So I thought, you know what. <laughs> One way to sort this out is to become sort of educated and become a professional. So I spent about sort of two, two and a half years studying, researching, getting qualifications in different aspects in personal training. Um, And then pretty much as I sort of took up a new role within the army, I started to build my business, which is now fully online. Um, Whereas before I did do some gym-based stuff. So, yeah. You've been lucky really with that route because obviously like with the recruiting team, you've been able to sort of, let the pendulum swing both ways. Exactly, and, and, and really sort of iron out any sort of grooves um, that, that could p- potentially have caused me to fall flat on my face, and that would have been the case, like, yeah, especially in this current climate with uh, COVID. Um, yeah, I suppose you were ahead of the game a little bit with the online stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, hadn't I had the online stuff, I would have been expecting to go back to the gym uh, within the last sort of three weeks the company I was working for they they went bust during covid so I wouldn't have had it so fortunately I had my own business and I started online training and for me it's 10 times better rather than being that sort of personal trainer counting the reps and sets yeah I'm looking at everything now we don't waste our time looking at like those reps those sets which doesn't really account for that much really if your nutrition is not in check if your lifestyle's a little bit lousy, and if you're neglecting certain things and you're highly stressed, so that's a lot of my trouble. 
I try and keep myself fit, obvious reasons, and um, that and I like my triathlons anyway, um, but to try and keep on top of my fitness, and I fuel myself off Greg's, and four hours sleep, which I'm getting at the moment, and then try and train, work, everything else, it just doesn't happen, and, and, I, and I felt it, especially the last, what, two weeks when, when I got my pheasants, I've now, fitness has just like gone straight out of the side door, and now I'm like, start again now. literally back from zero but I'll get there you know I know my problem is I know where I'm going and then I know how to do it and then Greg, Greg's called instead <laughs> Do- Dr Pepper and that's that's the difference though isn't it it's it's having the ability to get back on it um, if, if you do falter if you fall short or you don't sort of meet your own expectations <clears throat> and this is something I see with with a lot of people now is we, we go online, we aim for the quick fix, we follow this templated program or we find sort of nutritional advice online or put our stats and details into a macros calculator and we're like, oh, I need to achieve this with my nutrition. And I certainly fell into that trap where I was trying to find what kind of works for me um, and that ended up me putting on about sort of almost 40 pounds over the space of a couple of years. You sort of end up chasing something that's not real. Completely. 100%. And a lot, a lot of tra- um, like training courses like that, you know, you do, I'm, I'm doing my personal training course at the moment, just for sort of self-development. Um, and then I'm going to do um, PTI school for the reserve as well. Um, so I think, you know, bit, I'll learn a bit before I go down. And it's not the course I thought it was going to be, if that makes sense. You know, yes, you can cheat on it, but what you want to learn, you don't learn. They give you everything, bar the bits you actually want. Well, that's, well, that's what I found. Is that what you found when you started? Or yeah, it's very, it's very basic. Um, even doing like your level two, level three, level four, it is like the bare bones basic, and that's kind of like the curriculum. You've got to kind of do it this way. It's like almost like your, your driving test. Yeah. You do your driving test. You've got to do it in a precise way. But then when you actually go out into the world, you're like, well, actually, there's like a hundred ways I can do this and it's not about trying to make that approach fit loads of people it's about you stepping in and empowering people so that you can find what works for them yeah. over a decent amount of time so yeah it, it definitely gives you the stepping stone to put you in the right direction with your own sort of fitness journey I want to do it more for me but I want to do the nutrition side of things because it interests me mm-hmm. and my nutrition is lousy um and when I, when I got to, well, literally I'm doing that bit now, and I got to it, and I'm just like, this is dog shit, this is not <coughs> what I learn about, this is not where I thought this was going to go. So I'm a little bit disappointed with it, really, but it's life. It is, yeah, and I think the nutrition is, is the biggest sort of key player. Uh, I was actually sort of speaking to a friend of mine, a fellow competitor um, in Spartan Race, so we're in the same category, so we, we compete against each other. Yeah. Um, but he was like, look, Matt, I understand that like we're, we're both in this together and we we both compete but like my area at the moment I'm lacking is my nutrition he was like hold my hands up like it's lacking so we're in the process of sorting out his nutrition so that he takes him to the next level because if, that, if that's the only thing holding him back then it's only going to elevate him by dialing that in a little bit more um, and it's the same for anyone and this is this is a common pitfall um, and I talk about it quite a lot on my social media because we are misled, and we are misled by the fitness industry because it is quite narrow-minded. Um, and we put a lot into the fitness aspect, 
But for me, it's like, take a step back. And like you said, the area you want to focus on is nutrition. And it should be that. It should be the nutrition first. Get a good sort of foundation of that and then build up on, on top of that. Um, and like it's dramatically changed my life, my health, my body composition by focusing on nutrition first. And the guys that are on my program now, like nutrition is a huge, huge part of it. Um, yeah, and it's all progressive rather than going, right, follow this template. Yeah. <laughs> going to slap a meal plan on your desk and you've got to eat this for breakfast, lunch and dinner. It doesn't kind of work. And to give some context of some of the people that are on my program, we've got people that are fully plant-based because that's what suits them sort of practically, ethically. Um, and then we've got people that are full-on carnivore, like don't touch fruit, vegetables, because that's what suits them and their lifestyle and they feel really good doing it. And that's not me saying, oh, you eat this. It's me empowering them and educating them to find what works for them. And it's a progressive thing. This is another thing as well, like, um, aside from the training, um, people neglect the nutrition initially, but people think, oh, I can just follow this and follow that. And there is that one-size-fits-all approach that really not. And I find that for myself. Um, and I'm still on my own journey with it as well. And it's always going to be one of those things you continue to sort of develop. I... And you'd have watched it as well. Um, Game Changers on Netflix. And I watched it and I went, yeah, that makes sense. And then I sat back and thought about it and went, actually, it doesn't make sense. But what I took from it in the end was eat clean, was what I got from that. If you eat clean meat, eat you know, good veg, mm -hmm. you're going to be better off. Um, but then I realised that the Game Changers was completely made, made <laughs> by the left. And, and, uh, but vegan doctors. And, yeah. But... Um, I got I got a mate who's, who's vegan and he's a, and he's a machine. Mm -hmm. um, he's a, a reservist and he, we did a PFA together on course and rinsed me, mm -hmm. absolutely rinsed me. Um, and um, he loves it. I couldn't live like it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and that's that's what it's about. If that suits him and his lifestyle, great, go and pursue that. Like if you feel good off of living that way, um, and that's what you're aligned with, go and go and pursue that. Um, it's the same for people at the other end of the spectrum. Do what feels good for you is kind of the best approach. When I've tried this and that now, and I've found what kind of works for me. But like I said, I'm continuing to evolve with my nutrition as well. When I'd done the, um, my hypnotherapy course um, many years ago now, seems like a lifetime ago, um, one of the things was dieting. Because the first thing, if you stop eating food, what's the first thing you want? Food. So, you know, even then I was looking at it thinking, oh, okay, I get it. So you can eat what you want, you've just got to change it a little bit. Otherwise, you're going to make yourself bloody miserable and you're not going to achieve what you want anyway. Definitely. I think there's got to be a lot of flexibility within it. I'm quite open. Like, I have chocolate every single day. It's not because I'm addicted to it, it's because I enjoy it. You've oh, got to I have am, an element 100%. of enjoying <laughs> and, it. And that's what it's about. Like, I think people aiming for the quick fix and going down the, the sort of diet approach is it's not sustainable. Um, like I literally speak to a lot of people um, where they're at with their nutrition. They all say, oh, I have a healthy diet, I eat this, I eat that. And they consider their sort of nutritional profile to be quite balanced and complete. And that's something you hear quite a lot. But there's a lot of gaps contained within that. And if you're constantly dieting, then it's kind of like, I'm going to go really strict. Um, I'm going to hit a point, I'll get results. I'll do this three-week program, six-week program, 12-week program. What's beyond that? Like if you've con constantly got this dieting, you've got to watch it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise it's you've, you've on and set off. yourself up to fail. 
exactly. It's an on and off switch. It's one extreme to the other. So what we do is we do a big evaluation as soon as people come in. Uh, and like I said, there's a whole spectrum of people. Um, and we, we assess where people currently are. And then we look at that and we go, right, you're not feeling too great here. Maybe we could sort of remove this, see how you feel once you've removed that type of food, whether it be junk, sugar, certain types of fats or whatever. Even fruits and vegetables don't agree with people, which is another thing that blows people's mind. Um, and then all we do is integrate small changes over time to make their nutrition and then give them lots of options, lots of variety. And ultimately go, like, you can have what you want if you want something, if you want to go out for a meal, if you want to drink alcohol, do it. And over time, what happens with these people is like, I don't actually feel too good. So they're creating that and coming to sort of the self-recognition that, Actually, when I eat this food, or if I drink this alcohol, I don't feel good for two or three days. So it's not me telling people, it's them like tracking it, taking pictures of their food, looking in detail what's contained within that food, um, and then coming to that self-recognition of actually, this food contains this, and it makes me feel this way. So kind of like um, you said with quality, where does that food come from? What was that like? What was that animal fed on? Was it fed on grains or was it fed on grass or was it fed on its natural sort of nutrition that it gets from nature and the same with plants like what field did that come from nothing was tastes that? better than homegrown stuff exactly yeah because it's, it's pesticide chemical free all this sort of stuff and if you can get the best quality stuff or eat like the best quality stuff the majority of the time then that's when you're gonna feel the best because you're not consuming these chemicals and even within plants and fruits there's defense mechanisms there's chemicals contained within them something i've found um, over the past sort of month is broccoli doesn't agree with me like cauliflower doesn't agree with me it makes me bloat gives me gas gives me gut distress um, makes me feel groggy for a couple of days afterwards and for majority of people are like tricking broccoli rice eating all these lean sort of things that they consider to be healthy but you've built up a tolerance to the toxins in these because you've eaten them for so long. And then on top of that, you're eating the chemicals because you're not eating organic or it's not homegrown. So there's lots to it. So yeah. I always look at the source, empower people, give everyone the tools that they can um, sort of use. And it's basically just going back to nature and going very sort of simple. We follow sort of paleo, primal eating, which is all natural sort of sources. Um, and yeah, get, get into that state of ketosis if, if it's kind of necessary as well um, through sort of that feasting famine so using sort of nutritional ketosis as well to change body composition fuel the organs fuel the brain um, which obviously increases cognitive performance and well, stuff like that it's about fueling the brain I went to um, Holland Barrett had a like a seminar type thing it was, it was, to, it was to promote I think what it was to promote something they were selling or, or and then but what came from that was a bloke talking about um, uh, uh, Alzheimer's and <coughs> what the brain needs to function. So, and it, it, it basically, what he was going, what he, where he was going with it was, it, it was, a, it was a significant show in people on a low-fat diet getting early on Alzheimer's mm -hmm. because the brain wasn't being fueled. Mm -hmm. And then that was having a knock-on effect, and that was then bringing out early Alzheimer's. Hundred um, percent. And that was that was mind blowing for me. I was like, wow, I didn't didn't know that. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it, yeah, you know, it's funny how you get sort of narrow-minded. There was another thing 
which I actually listened to the book. I have got it home somewhere called the the body's many cries for water by a bloke called Dr. Bodmin Bodmin Gellish like that. It must be, it must have been in America um, because he was talking some of the things he was talking about. But basically, he was saying that you can you can cure heart most most body body illnesses with water because you're dehydrated and once you once you're hydrated your body sort of fixes itself and works with hundred percent capacity. He was saying he and, and he had he had hundreds and hundreds of, of different um, examples and, and what he'd done. But one of them was a man with um, stomach ulcers. And he was saying, you know, they would take all these poisons to, 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 to kill you know, basically poisons to kill you know, give you these stomach ulcers, which was um, you know, whatever. Uh, boss names, and in the end of that, he said, "No, no, no, just drink three glasses of water, Dad. Don't worry about it, mate. Um, three glasses of water, and just see how your stomach ulcers feel." And literally, apparently, within an hour of drinking three glasses of water, he's out of pain. Didn't need a doctor, need nothing. And he was saying, you know, in, in in our terms in the UK, that basically, if, if everyone had three three liters of water a day, or you know, two to three liters of water a day. Um, the NHS would be sort of half, if not, a, you mm-hmm. know, a third of what it is now, and it, it, that that for me was something that really sort of blew my mind. That's what st- really that's sort of st- what started me off with the personal training and, and the journey I'm, I'm at now. And, and open, even now, yeah. I don't drink enough water. The the doors open now, and that that's going to send you like so far now. If you're thinking this now, before you've even got that, once you get into the realm of sort of health and fitness. You'll read these things and you'll be like, wow, wow, wow. And it really is like just taking a healthy approach. People think, oh, I need to take this, I need to take that, I need to do this, I need to do that. But if, like you said, it's as simple as simple of hydrate, yeah. like eat the right foods, get yeah. out in nature, get sunlight, get in contact with the earth. You're like, saying more salt, <clears throat> more more water, more mm-hmm. oxygen in your body. Mm-hmm. It's near on, and it isn't, and it's as strong as it's ever like a cure for cancer. If you've got more oxygen flowing for your body, because cancer needs carbon dioxide mm-hmm. to grow. So if, you, if your arteries are all, and veins are all open and working properly, mm-hmm. and less carbon dioxide, there's less chance of cancer. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it, the whole book was absolutely mind-blowing. It's, it's really interesting stuff. And like you talk about sort of Alzheimer's, um, that's now regarded and, and sort, of, um, sort of relating sort of brain illnesses um, are regarded as type 3 diabetes and diabetes is all to do with well depending on what sort of type is is to do with sort of like nutrition quality my, my granddad he he died um, last year but he was suffering from sort of Alzheimer's and you look at the stuff that he was being fed in in the care home like Snickers chocolate <laughs> yeah. all, all the stuff all, all the sugary stuff so that was obviously causing more inflammation in his body and like you said about sort of cancers and other illnesses sugar ignites that fire and feeds the feeds the illness feeds the the, the, the disease and stuff like that so um and and even for different sort of health conditions and and that's why going back to your roots of hunter gatherer um that feast famine along with good nutrition in the sort of feasting period and during the famine, like you can either stay hydrated or get into a state of autophagy. So there's loads of different approaches um, to heal yourself. But I think the default is as soon as something's wrong with somebody, they start looking to the doctor and they go, well, what can I be prescribed here to deal with the symptoms? 
but the symptoms isn't the problem, it's the root cause. Why is this individual in this place? Because they're neglecting good nutrition, other lifestyle practices. And I think go back to the roots, our ancestral roots, and look at the root cause of why you're in that situation. And something that's funny with COVID, look at the advice that we've been given, like put a mask over your mouth, which is gonna like reduce the amount of quality of oxygen you're getting. Hand sanitizer, so we're like killing off bacteria, which is essential for good, us and our good immune and system. Bad bacteria. Exactly. Stay inside so you don't get natural sunlight. Socially distance so you're not having human interaction. And all these things are vital for human beings <laughs> to survive and thrive and ling- live long lives. And it's like all the advice we're getting is just it's like, like it's like 2020 health guidelines. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I had to do a presentation when we were mobilised. We all do like lessons online. It was basically to get us to do stuff while we were sat at home, self-isolating, ready to be, you know, sent out testing. Uh, or whatever we were going to do, we didn't know at that point. And it said, right, Goody, you can do, um, what is COVID? I was like, fuck me, what is COVID? <laughs> if you type in what is COVID on, in Google, you just get a barrage of bollocks. Like, it, sifting through the shit was unreal. And the only thing that I really could come up with at the end of it, and I don't my lesson was all right, it was, it was a lot of effort went into it. I had a lot of time to put into this, this poxy presentation, this 15-minute presentation. Um, it was, just don't be a dirty bastard. Don't eat bat soup. And, <laughs> and, uh, and just wash your hands. Just be clean. Mm-hmm. If you're clean, it, you can't... Mm-hmm. Just go back to what you taught as a kid. You go yeah. outside, get dirty hands, just wash your hands in. Mm-hmm. Simple. You haven't got to put shit all over your hands. A bit of warm soapy water. Let your hands dry naturally. Jobs are good. I think we live in a world where we are, like, very sanitised. 100%. <coughs> terrible. works against us. And maybe, maybe another sort of contributing factor amongst sort of many is that we are so sort of clean and, and sanitised in our environment that yeah, back, like our immune sprays. system's down. Like for me, like I know this is all about sort of being outside in nature and stuff like that. I jump in rivers. Like I've got a river a couple of kilometres here, so I'm running. I spend all my time pretty much barefoot when I'm in and around the house and like getting the dirt and getting natural sunlight and all these sorts of things are essential for us. Like <laughs> it really yeah. is. But, no, I, and I agree 100%. And... You know, it, was it, it used to be like you used to, used to eat like a ton of dirt in your lifetime. I bet that's not the case now. Exactly. Kids don't get outside enough no. and, and do that sort of thing. Sif kills 99.9% of bacteria and COVID. <laughs> you know, you're just like, right, you need to spray that around your house. It can't be good. It can't be good. <laughs> Stop eating healthy food and just start consuming sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. I just, oh, I don't know. I didn't, the whole thing, the whole thing's got me with the COVID thing. People have gone mental. The world's gone mental. It has. It has. So the fasting thing. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the fasting because you've because um, Liam was telling me that you do some sort of random fasting, like five days worth at a time. Mm-hmm. I could not function without eating for five <coughs> days. I don't think, especially that Dr Pepper, that killed me. <laughs> that would definitely kill me off. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's interesting stuff, and I didn't just kind of wake up one day and oh, I think I'm going to crack out like a three or five day fast. I, I fast to a certain extent every single day, um, minimum sort of 12 hours, maybe sort of 16 hours plus. Sometimes I only have one meal a day, but it's not like I've got gaps in my nutrition. I eat like an abundance of food when I eat one or two meals. Um, but for the majority of people and their lifestyle, it's kind of incompatible with fasting, although fasting is compatible with us as human beings and our biology, we should be doing it. And yet again, going back to illness and that sort of things, we're constantly in this overfed, undernourished state. 
because we're constantly slamming like junk food or low quality nutrition food into us. Everything's available, isn't it? Exactly. It. Highly palatable, um, palatable and uh, readily available, or brightly packaged and enticing. And like you say about sort of fizzy drinks and stuff like that. Something I've found is the more sort of sugar I have in my daily nutrition, the more that throws my hunger hormones and appetite out of whack, which leads to me to be more hungry. Um, and, and a lot of people like surrounding sort of me and my social media are like, man, I've been trying this fasting out and like, this is what I've been doing. I feel really hungry, but I get past this point, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I've not suggested anything to them. They just think, oh, I'm just gonna go out and try it. But ultimately their lifestyle is incompatible. So I'm like, whoa, stop, what are you doing? Because they're still eating lots of pasta, rice, ice cream. It's like, well, why are you fasting if then you're gonna add sort of junk into into your sort of body afterwards? It completely unwinds it. So it's all about eating good quality nutrition, like centering your meals around a bit of protein, a moderate amount of protein first, so you're getting good quality sort of not lean meat, more fatty cuts of meat. So it's got more nutrients contained within that. Um, and then obviously filling up on fats and then reducing the amount of sugar that you have in your daily nutrition. And when you do that over a period of time, like your body becomes more sort of flexible metabolically. So you can tap into the use of stored energy as body fat and also using sort of carbohydrates that are stored in your muscles as well. How does that work then with training the protein? Because obviously you don't store protein, do you? Because no. it's you, you get that from your meals, whatever else. So you mm -hmm. train and then you, have to, you need your protein to build your muscles back up. Mm -hmm. How does that work then? So it depends, like, it depends ultimately on the goal, the individual, what they, what they kind of want to achieve. Now, protein can be stored. It can actually be converted by a process called gluconeogenesis. So if you consume too much protein and there's a need for sort of additional energy carbohydrates, then the protein, either broken down from muscle or ingested, can be converted into carbohydrates and stored okay. as a form of energy. Um, so that can be done. But yeah, ultimately, if you want to sort of incorporate fasting into your lifestyle and any and everyone should be doing an element of it and everyone technically is if you stop eating at six and then don't eat until six the next morning we've well, done a 12 hour fast so you've given your digestive t system time off so for me it's not about changing body composition it's about the health benefits and giving your digestive time uh, system time off getting into a mild state of autophagy which is a word that basically means eat yourself so you're recycling getting rid of bad cells so it's clearing your system but if we constantly eat all the time, little and often, your body never gets into that one fat burning state, two autophagy. So you're never cleansing your body. Now people are like, let's do a juice cleanse, let's do a celery cleanse, let's do this other cleanse. Well, no, you've got this thing called a liver and naturally our bodies cleanse and detox in a natural way. But the reason they don't do that is because we're slamming stuff down our gullet all the time. Um, so it's powerful. Um, and like I said, I didn't just wake up and think, oh, I can crack out a day. Like, I've done this for a good few years now. Um, but talking about the longer duration fasts, yeah, you need to eat quality nutrition. And then when you're fasted, obviously stay hydrated, um, still get electrolytes in there. So something I take is um, pink salt. So you've got sodium, potassium, magnesium contained within that. Obviously stay hydrated at the same time. And what you'll find is on the first couple of days is you'll be experience mild hunger around your usual meal times because your body's like, mm, shouldn't you be eating this time? But when you become metabolically flexible, meaning you can utilize both stored energy, 
of carbohydrates and fat, then you take a meal from that stored energy rather than something that's ingested. Um, and when I'd done that last week or the week before, the five-day one, my training was exactly the same. I was working like 15-hour days. Like I was more, um, well, I was performing better, both cognitively and physically, for, for a number of reasons. So it really is an interesting, yeah. it's a state but it's getting you into that state of ketosis, which is a natural state, and people say, oh, avoid going into ketosis because it's bad for you, whatever. No, the standard sort of British uh, diet is what's causing <laughs> a lot of these illnesses. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so how does, how does the... Obviously, you fast, and you were, and I was told that you were fasting when you have done one of the big Spartan races you've done, mm -hmm. or, or triple over a weekend anyway, mm -hmm. whatever you don't. How does that, how does racing on, 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 the, on the fasting help work? Are you, are you, does it give you energy? Are you fucked? Is it in between? Um, it, it can be a mixture. It depends on what sort of event or, or what I kind of do with that. I mean, I, I've done things like climb Ben Nevis after a 24-hour fast. I've done other sort of events after, like being fasted for 24 hours plus. And it yet again goes back to that metabolism being more flexible so you can utilize stored energy now people think you need carbohydrates for sports performance and depending on what sport and the intensity duration etc etc you may need that but for me i don't find that i kind of need that um because <laughs> i can tap into my body fat on call whereas a lot of people are like, oh, i'm struggling to lose weight this that the other it's like look at the food you're eating like your body's going to prefer to burn that than your stored energy because you're constantly feeding. Doesn't work time. for it, is it? Exactly. But when I train myself to skip a meal or fifteen, like I did last week, <laughs> <laughs> then my body just takes it from stored energy, stored body fat. And it, another interesting thing on that as well is I increased muscle mass in five days. All right. Really? So, <laughs> and then before that, I increased like 0.3 of a percent in three days. So that's like 0.1 per day increasing muscle mass. It's because of all the sort of hormonal responses. Now, in terms of competition um, and sort of with fat metabolism and the way that sort of happens in your body, it can take a little bit of time to kick in. So on some events, maybe it can take sort of 20, 20 minutes upwards to kind of get into that fat burning metabolism. But as soon as that's ignited, then you're, you're absolutely fine. And the good thing about it being flexible with your metabolism, you've still got the same amount of carbohydrates like testing my blood and things like that, I've got the amount of the same amount of sort of stored glycogen carbohydrates in my muscles as I had when I was on a high carbohydrate diet. But the difference is I can use both of those fuel sources rather than just using carbohydrate, which I could burn through in 90 minutes. And some of my races are three hours long. So how useful are carbohydrates when I'm on a three hour plus race? Whereas with body fat um, and being in that state of ketosis, sitting at anywhere between 10 and 12% body fat, I've got 70,000 calories stored in energy as body fat. Now, do I need to... <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, because I was listening to a podcast, um, it was Ant Middleton one, helping some people sort of get their mind around whatever else, um, doing um, London Marathon, <coughs> this year's London Marathon, which obviously hasn't happened. But one of the professionals on there talking was talking about that you've got enough car you can store enough carbs in your body mm -hmm. for like eighteen miles and that's mm -hmm. when you hit the wall. The wall. So that's actually quite um, that is what you've just told me is complete opposite, opposite or or could be the complete opposite, I think is the right phrase there. Um, 
something that happened to me last year was I went and done a, a triathlon last year, they train him. That's the good ship approach. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out to be the good ship approach. Um, See what happens. Yeah, well, originally I was supposed to go on course. It all fell through, I didn't go on course. So I trained for certain things, but not triathlon things, as it were. And um, section attack, I would have been fucking awesome at. Uh, run, swim, bike, mm, not so much. And a mate said to me, can I go help me watch? Because it was over in Wales, Snowdonia. I went, yeah, I'll come over. I said, tell you what, I'll, I'll do it. Because he was doing the half Ironman. And I said, I'll do the, I won't do the sprint because it's too short for me, which in hindsight would have been the better option. <laughs> um, I'll do the, it was, I think it's Olympic size or thereabouts, triathlon. And very much, I got on the bike and rode about you know, 10 miles maximum. And that's about it. Um, I'd swam probably like five, six hundred metres, hadn't really put any effort into training, nothing, nothing. Turned up, done the race, I completed it. Um, 20 miles into the 30 mile ride, I was, my ass was killing me and I could have got off the bike and walked, it, you know, I was hating life. And done the run, the run was emotional, it was just, it was just a gopping run. It mm. was in Snowdonia, up a slate mine, um, disgusting. I got to the end, and bear in mind there'd been a half Ironman, and people were like running off the half Ironman and eating odd banana at this at this like snack stand that was at the end of it, and water and salty crisps, you know, you know it's the standard stuff. Matter of like a man just done an Ironman, I was like, just just yeah, like everything. every yeah, and it was it was unreal. I couldn't believe how I'd got myself to that state. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. It was re- that, what you've just told me is really interesting because I can actually really could avoid that. I could yeah. avoid it anyway, I could eat probably the night before, I could have took better snacks with me on the bike. Not, you know, a protein bar which I ate halfway down a hill and it snapped and went on the floor. <laughs> I'd have to say goodbye to that, you know. And that's interesting. It is, and a good way to kind of explain it is, um, it's, it's a bit of an analogy for obviously the people that are listening. Like, imagine sort of um, a campfire and you've got different sources of fuel for this campfire. So. You've got like kindling, newspaper, all sort of small fuel sources. And then on the other side, you've got some big logs. Now, when you throw them on the fire, they're going to react kind of differently. So when you throw the kindling on the fire and the newspaper on the fire, it's going to be like, boom. So you're going to get a big flame. and But then that's going to die down really quickly. Now that's carbohydrates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then on the other side of the fire, you've got these big logs that you'll throw onto the fire. Yes, they'll take a little bit of time to ignite. But when they do ignite, they're going to be slow burning and give you sustainable energy. So when you're metabolically flexible, you've got this boom from the carbohydrates, but you've also got the the ability to tap into your body fat. So you've got these combined. So when you are on an event, like your Ironman, if you was more metabolically flexible, like for those sprints, or i.e. in Spartan, when you're doing strength or skill or something explosive, you've got that stored energy. But then as soon as you've done that obstacle or that part, you go back into sort of burning fat and then you go into carbohydrates, fat, carbohydrates. So you're never like completely continuously depleting that. So you've got a combination of both. So I think that's kind of a good way to explain yeah, it. If that, that kind is. of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, that's great. Right. I bet something. Yeah.